Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thank you very much indeed. I uh, almost feel redundant in a sense that we've been talking about prayer ever since we arrived, and uh, we've been doing it, doing it in the little chapel there, doing it in tables here, and then from the front, we've just been praying a lot of prayer. And uh, why does it fall then to me to talk about what Jesus said? Jesus said, pray. <laughs> well, we've given it a good go. But here's some reflection that I don't think you will probably have heard before about what we call the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to read, first of all, from Luke's Gospel and uh, Luke chapter 11, and it goes like this. One day, Jesus was praying in a, secret, in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. That refers to John the Baptist, of course. He said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Then Jesus said, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread as I have no food to offer the friends who have come on a journey to visit me. And suppose... The one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is shut. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I have been invited to share with you about that prayer that has come to us 
as the Lord's Prayer. When we were talking about, uh, on, on our table, when we were talking about this, in it, for each one of us, it was early. Whether it was learning early as a child in a family, it was then when you got to school, you either knew it or you learned it at school and you used it there, or you used it if you went to church and if you particular uh, denomination uh, other than, well, we didn't exist at that time, did we, all those years ago. But the Lord's Prayer is, is kind of, everybody knows it, don't they? If, if I went around the room and got you to recite it, you, you'd all be able to recite it, wouldn't you? Get a bit mixed here and there sometimes, but... But it's such a familiar part of the faith of the nation. It's such a familiar part of our Christian faith. Uh, there are thousands of books that have been written about prayer, thousands of them. Some people have got a favorite. And uh, besides that, I, I did a little bit of Googling it's, it's just fun now these days, isn't it, with that, that tool? And, and I googled, and uh, it said that the word prayer occurred a minimum of 375 times in the Bible. So that's a lot. And I thought, well, what have I got, about 20 minutes? <laughs> all these books on prayer, all these references, we've grown up with it. We, it's part of our nature, it's part of the culture rather than nature, it's part of the culture of our country when anything significant happens in our nation. It, it's, the, it's the prayer that is, is there, it's there in the coronation and all things below that. And it's part, part and parcel of our life. But I just want to... Um, take you through a little bit of um, my thoughts about this when I said to God, what can I say about the Lord's Prayer, Lord, that people won't know about? What, what is there that I could bring that would be new? Well, God said to me, you used to uh, look after motor cars, didn't you? And I thought, well, that's an odd thing to say to me. And I thought, yeah, I did. I started looking after buses first because I went to work for the local bus company at 14, 14 years old. And I was stripping down engines and doing all sorts of magical things with all that made motors start and stop and go and everything. It was, it was a wonderful life. A couple of years later, I was, I was servicing cars in, a, in another garage at 16. And then... God reminded me that he had called me out of that to serve him and that now, Sunday by Sunday, I was servicing people's relationship with God. That was an interesting take for me. It's a new angle. I hadn't thought of things from that angle before. But, but Sunday by Sunday, in, in leading worship, pastoring the church through the weekends and, and so on, I was enabling people to service their relationship with God. 
And then it dawned on me, God was saying that prayer is a relationship. Now, okay, we've all got, we're all in relationship with somebody or another. We're all in relationships. But there is that one relationship with God that we're all in, whether we know it or not. Because before we're believers, that doesn't stop God loving us. God loves us, full stop, whether we know it or not. And there's a relationship that exists, although it might be one-sided on God's part. It's, he's after it becoming two-sided, and he's after that relationship growing and developing and so on. Then I went back to the car, and I thought, yeah, they used to bring the cars into the garage, and I used to service them. And, and it, it got a bit regular. It was kind of like once a year your car to be serviced, and oh, yeah, that... that Helped the garage make some money, didn't it? People brought their vehicles in more frequently. But then they introduced something called an MOT, a certificate once a year. And uh, <laughs> some of you think, oh, yeah, my need's doing. I'm worried, worried now whether it's going to pass the test or not, or whatever. So that's a familiar, that's a familiar concept for all of us, the the MOT and the servicing of our vehicles. And God said, well, think about, the, think about this prayer. It's about servicing your relationship with me. And if you like, it's an MOT. It's a test certificate to see how you're getting on, whether you're still serviceable, whether you're still, uh, what would it be, Christian-worthy? As opposed to roadworthy, I'm not sure about that one, but you know what I mean? How are you getting on with God is another way to put it. How are you getting on with God? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at half a dozen phrases from the Lord's Prayer and see them in terms of how they impact our lives and whether or not we're matching up or matching up or you know okay so Jesus said pray and here when these friends say to him teach us to do that what you're doing and what John taught is teach us to do that he said father it's uh, I think it's 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 Matthew I think that says our father but our Father, that begins the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Father. And that took me back. And I remembered it was Mum that used the word Father. Because she, she used to say, yeah, when your father comes home. And, and I knew I was in trouble then. <laughs> Fathers... Very formal, isn't it? Father. Father. Uh, dad. If I wanted something, that was the word I used. Dad, can I this, can I that? And sometimes there was a much more cuddly moment. Daddy, daddy. And you know... Jesus used another word besides the word Father. He used the word Abba. You've heard of, you've probably all heard of that. He used that as a word for Father, which is the equivalent of our daddy. That very, very intimate word that 
defines a beautiful relationship of warm cuddles, etc. So, right at the very beginning, when Jesus says pray, he says, come into a relationship. Come into a relationship. It's a relationship designed for you. It's a relationship to bring you to a place of peace with a sense of belonging. It's a place where you can come and you can explore this, and you can explore that, you can ask for this, you can ask for that. It's a relationship that's open-ended. It's a relationship that is vital to life in all its fullness. How, how are you addressing God? Sometimes it's Father. Sometimes it's dad, sometimes it's daddy. I know from, from my point of view, um, living alone, you, you, there are not a lot of people around to talk to. So sometimes I might sit down and I might say, okay, well, now we're going to have a time of fellowship with Father. And there's a formality about it. And then sometimes something happens and the phone goes and I get told something. And I come to God and I say, ah, oh, dad, dad. And then there's that time, it's an intimate time, when you feel the embrace of God and God is saying, Daddy. That's where, that's where this begins. Degrees of intimacy. How are you honoring God? That's the second bit. Addressing God, then honoring God. God's character cannot be totally defined. It's impossible. Okay. So it's, his character is vast. And the way we interact with God is vast. I don't hear so many expletives now that I used to. I sometimes hear them when I'm in the supermarket. And then on the television, that um, polite version, OMG. Uh, and then Jesus Christ. And you know, when I hear those things, it's, it's like, it's almost like an arrow going in me. What? Because that's not how I honor God. And using that kind of language is something that it takes some people a long time to lose. So I'm incredibly patient with people. If they meet Jesus and they begin to follow Jesus, and their language is not yet up to scratch, up to that mark in the MOT test, I don't mind. It's not going to prevent them in relationship, but it's something to learn to honor God with words. We honor him with titles. We honor him with worship. We honor him with joy. We honor him with wonder. Hallowed be your name.
That's how that Lord's Prayer puts it. How are you shaping up in the language that you use to honor God? Just a thought. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We live in this world, but as believers and followers of Jesus, we're citizens of another one. And we belong in the other one, and we're living in this one as though we were in that one. Think about it for a moment. Living in this one as though we were in that one. You know where you see this actually happening? Here, in family. As we relate together, as we love each other, as we forgive each other, as we encourage each other, as we try to build each other up. The kingdom is the life that is seen when we come together to worship, to praise, to serve, and to bless. I think we're in reasonable shape with that one. I think I'd probably give a tick as I was going through the MOT for that one. I think, I think we're doing... Well, we've heard something. We heard about, what, 4,000 quid going off to tier fund. But we didn't hear about the number of food bags that were, were given this Christmas. We didn't hear about lots of other things that are happening. The kingdom coming through who we are, especially when we relate to each other. Living that kingdom life that one day will be every day in this life, which is every day. Give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> daily dependence on God for basics. You know, behind this is, you remember the story of the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and they claimed to Moses and they said, oh, wish you hadn't brought us this far. We could have been eating etc., etc., what we liked when we were in slavery, but you brought us into the desert and we can't eat desert and there's no, no food, there's no water to you. What is... And God goes to, Moses goes to God rather and says, God, listen to what they say. And God says, Moses, wait a minute. They're not, they're not complaining about you. They're complaining about me. Hang on a minute. And he provided some water out of the rock. You remember when Moses struck the rock with his, his staff? And he provided something called manna, which we never totally know what the manna is. But it was apparently it was a goldy color. It was flaky. And it was sweet to the taste. There were some sort of honey flavors about it. And that wasn't the important thing. The important thing was that it, its sell-by date was so short. You couldn't keep it overnight. Some went out for the, on the first day. They, they, they went out and they gathered up this. They gathered up this and took more than they could. Yeah, good. This is going to see us through. And by morning, it, it was all rotten and bad and they couldn't use it. If you took more than you needed, if you took more than you wanted on a daily basis, 
Selmo deep, it's gone. It wasn't that you couldn't use it. You couldn't, oh, dear, the smell and everything. Oh. So that, that's got a, a, a little sort of reflection here. Daily bread. You don't ask for provision that's going to last you for the next whatever and whatever. You come to Father and you say, Dad, now, please. The provision for the now. How are you getting on with that? Can, can we tick that box? How are you getting on asking God for the provision for your now? And then tomorrow for the now, and the next day for the, the now. How are you getting on with these things? How dependent daily on God? Now there's another question that's going to pop up. Okay, guys, could you uh, put that second one up for me? Um, if you've got it, is it? Um, yep. Is there an answer to prayer that you want to share with the folks around the table? One that would bring encouragement, etc., etc. Is there one of those? Have a few minutes to talk about that. I want to briefly mention one, um, because the next, the next word in the, uh, in the prayer is forgiveness. And did, did, you, did you have... Did anybody, on any table, did you have an answer about forgiveness, a prayer about forgiveness? No, it's nearly all about provision, isn't it? It's very, really about I, 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 I hit this head on. This, you know, the, ch the church I pastored was, was 90% uh, Afro-Caribbean. And to see a young, young white couple come on a Sunday morning was, you know, oh, who are these? What, you know, whoa. And uh, I talked to him, and it's obviously obvious that they wanted time to, more time than there was on a Sunday to talk. And so we set up a, a meeting in the week. And uh, husband and wife come here from South Africa. He was in, as all young South Africans were, they were conscripted, and he was put into the... Uh, defense force, the uh, uh, time of apartheid going on. And he was asked to do appalling things. And he, first of all, began to give a little, give a little, and then he stood back and he said, no, as a follower of Jesus, I cannot do what you're telling me to do. And he refused to do an order. And in the army, in that South African Army Defence, what that was, that was almost death. And they made it seem like death for him. And they treated him in the most appalling way that anybody could be treated, to the extent that he was stripped naked and he was made to crawl around on the floor and lick the boots of those who were supposed to be looking after him. And here he was, and he was coming to me with his wife, and wanting to talk about forgiveness. I'll tell you briefly how that ended. We were praying. And I said to him, where are you? And he said, I'm in the middle of that 
jailhouse and I'm naked and I'm licking a boot. I said, how many people are there? And he said, two and me. And the Lord prompted to me to say, and Jesus. And that was the key to a total transformation of a guy's life that I have hardly ever seen in my life. It, he, in the next, we were there for over an hour. He went round and he confronted every one of those people who had abused him in that. And in the name of Jesus, and he called their names and he said, I forgive you in the name of Jesus. And he went around them all. Oh, that story ended so beautifully. I had a letter from his wife. And she said, we now have a beautiful little boy. And we have a most beautiful marriage. And then at the end, she said, we know what forgiveness is. How can you, where, where, your tick box for forgiveness, how good are you at that? Because that's one that comes up. And last, I'm hurrying on, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Yeah. Asking God to get us, do you need to ask God to get you out of trouble? I do. <laughs> oh dear, please get me out of this somehow, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, But the analogy of the MOT and the servicing the car annually and the MOT every three years, it breaks down. And it breaks down because this is a prayer for every day. And you've got to check this out every day. And I just want to leave you with this, that an opportunity to pray every day, and use those tick boxes of the Lord's Prayer just to see how you're getting on. Might be useful. But Jesus said pray. Thank you, Mike. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.